You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. All righty. Good morning, church. Let's go to God in a word of prayer. God, thank you so much for just being here with us right now, Father. Um, Like the song says, God, we need your love. We need you, God, and we need each other. God, and I'm so grateful that I get to preach today, um, preach your word, God, have just been convicted by your word and get to share that with the church, God. Um, I pray that you speak through me, God, and that the rest of this service is just glorifying to you and you alone. So I thank you, God. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, again, good morning. It's great to be here. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Vincent Lara. I'm a uh, campus student here. I'm a senior in our campus ministry. Uh, I'm going to refrain from saying what school I go to right now because I don't go to UCLA. I don't go to Pepperdine. used to go to SMC, but I'm at uh, Cal State Long Beach. So technically, I don't even go to school in our region. we got some Long Beaches right there. What's up, CC? Let's go. So I'm super excited to be up here today, um, to be able to preach. It's definitely an honor um, to be with you all. So my title for my lesson today is Serve One Another. Uh, this is a part one um, of a two-part series that we're going to be doing. Uh, me and Steve are kind of tag-teaming the idea of serving one another, and I get to be able to, uh, to preach today uh, more so about the heart level of serving, right? Steve will give you a lot more practicals next week. Um, and we're even going to have, uh, similar to last year, a gift fair um, where you can sign up and serve. We mentioned it at midweek. We'll have a slide at the end. Um, but today we're really going to tackle the heart. So uh, today I want to begin by uh, talking about my mom and my dad. Tell you guys a little story. My mom and my dad are watching online. Um, so mom and dad, hello. Uh, my dad, he's, uh, he's kind of running on kingdom standard time. Kingdom standard time. He's, he's running a little bit late right now. Um, he's on his way. So if you, uh, if you see him today, please be sure to say hi, um, make him feel welcomed. And, uh, yeah, so it's my mom, Lydia on the left and uh, my dad, Fernando on the right. Uh, this is actually last week. I got to go back home cause, uh, it was my parents' birthdays last week. So celebrated, got to spend time with them and it was really cool. Um, but I want to take you guys back to 2017, um, right. A couple years ago, at this point, I'm 16 years old. You may think, wow, are you 16 in 2017? This guy is young. Um, <laughs> and I was, uh, I believe a sophomore or junior in college or not in college, in high school. Sorry. Um, and I was, uh, I was freshly licensed, just got my license and I really, really wanted a new car. Right. Uh, this is the car that I wanted. Uh, it was a brand new, right. I wanted a brand new car, brand new 2017 uh, Camaro, right? Wanted that color. I wanted it in bright red. Uh, I wanted the interior to be red, white, and black. I wanted it to be souped up. I wanted the best handling. I wanted the best speed, right? Um, and most of all, I wanted the best parents in the world to pay for it, right? <laughs> um, so I, I devised this little plan, right? I was a little schemer. Thanks, Mark. Um, I, I was at school, because I'm, I'm a great student, right? I wasn't paying attention at all that day. Um, I think I went to the computer lab. I was on the Chevy website. And I said, okay, if I can get all of the specs in order, right? If I could just kind of lay everything before my parents, I can ask them. And all they have to do is say yes. It's super easy for them, right? Uh, what I was really forgetting 
was that uh, as a as a child, I don't really understand the concept of money at all. Um, so bringing them this little portfolio, keep in mind by email, I couldn't even ask them in person. I sent it in two separate emails. I said, Hey mom and Hey dad, here's what I want. So that way they, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't be in cahoots with each other and just say no. So sent them the email and, uh, kind of at the bottom, put the price on there. Um, the car with all the modifications brand new off the lot was uh, about 36 grand for a new car, uh, which, I think I'm starting to kind of get that that's a bit of an audacious request. Um, <laughs> that's many months of rent. Uh, that's, that's a lot of money, right? Um, but honestly, I felt like I kind of deserved it. I was, I was a pretty good student. I was a good kid. Um, according to my parents, I never broke any rules, right? Um, just in their eyes. I, I definitely did. But to them, golden child, right? Uh, and so, again, I, I kind of felt like I, I deserved this car. I had no idea how audacious and prideful I was being. Um, but I think that the Lord really has a way of humbling you, right? When you, you make these requests. Because uh, this is my car now. <laughs> this, uh, similarly, is a six-cylinder. Uh, a 2004 Honda Accord. It's, it's parked right out front. If you get too close, don't, you know... Don't scratch the paint. Uh, it's not brand new, but the paint will chip off even if you rub it. Um, <laughs> so please don't go near it. Um, it also has really good handling. It, it makes this fun noise whenever I turn the car. Uh, it kind of sounds like the axles are about to just split in half, which is fun. Uh, it's got about 230,000 miles on it. So in a way, it was brand new off the lot. Uh, but it was brand new, quite honestly, before some of my roommates that I live with now were even born. Uh, so <laughs> this car is super, super old. Uh, so I guess this is what this is what God provided. So the Lord does provide, but maybe in ways that we don't see. Um, so, right with this story, I want to go to a story in the Bible that kind of has this similar audacious request. Right. So if you open your Bibles uh, to Matthew, chapter 20, we'll be kind of in the bulk of our sermon today. I have it up on the screen, uh, but if you have a paper Bible, I'd encourage you to read it there. You'll probably retain it a little bit better. Uh, we'll start in verse 20, and uh, this is in the book of Matthew. The Bible reads, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with their sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? Jesus asked. And she said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. Right when the ten heard about this, the rest of the ten apostles, they were indignant. They were so upset with the other two brothers. So Jesus called them all together and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and that... Their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must become your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, or did not come to be served, that's very important, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Right, so for some context here going back, because we start kind of in this transition. 
Uh, Jesus, right before this, still in Matthew 20, verses 17 through 19, uh, he's talking about being crucified. He's talking about going to the cross, uh, being flogged, being beaten, being spit on. And then after dying on the cross, being raised again, right? This ends in verse 19, literally the verse right before. So his apostles think, okay, now's my chance. I can make this request, <laughs> right? And, and so these sons, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, uh, they're known as uh, guys who are, man, very zealous, right? Uh, they can be very bold, very proud guys. Um, and they're so bold and proud that with this request, they say, mom, can you ask for us? <laughs> right? Because, I mean, it's an it's a incredible request. They want to be at the right and left hand of Jesus. Right? And I think that Jesus definitely knew what was going on. He knew their hearts. And what's going on in this story is that these apostles, they really don't get the full scope of what Jesus is trying to teach. Right? They think, okay, like, he's probably not serious about dying. Like, how can he die? He's God. Like, he... Because Peter had already declared to all the apostles that Peter was the, or that Jesus was the Messiah. Like they believed this, but they didn't really get it, right? And so they're in this mindset: okay, we still need to secure our spot on earth. And I think that's why they made this request, and I think that's exactly why Jesus responds the way that he does, right? He knows that the sons are asking for worldly power. Right. When they say, God, we want to sit at your right and your left, they mean in this new kingdom that they think he's going to establish here on earth. So they want the power. They want the glory. They want all the praise like the songs that they want all of that. Right. Because they don't they don't quite understand. And I think that this is how I was with my car. Right. I wanted to be great. I wanted to be that guy on campus with the new car. Right. I wanted to. Uh, have all these worldly treasures, have all this worldly success in my mind. I know a lot of people in L.A. can relate to that, right? Coming here for success, coming here for achievement. But what Jesus says is shocking. He says that if you want to be great, you must serve. And even more so than serve, you need to be a slave to those around you. Right? He says that you are not justified by just the acts that you serve with, but really your heart for service. Amen. He says that as disciples, we don't find our status in our bank account. We don't find it in our grades, in our jobs, in how many people we manage, right? In our network, in who our friends are and who we know, right? right? If we're dating or if we're married, we don't find any status in that, Right? Jesus is saying that our status comes from the way that we serve one another. And before God, we are called to submit all of these things, all of these worldly goals, these ambitions, even these things that God gives us to him and to each other. Right. So church, with this being L.A., the land where people want to be great, the land where people come to find themselves to achieve success. Are you willing to put others above yourself? That's a question that I've been asking myself all this week, right? Am I willing to completely submit fully to others, right? Not just when it's easy, not just when I want to, not just, you know, when there could be some reward in mind for me, but am I willing to always put others above myself? 
Right. I do want to make a very important distinction because Jesus does want our hearts, but also he does want our actions. Right. In James, it says, but someone will say, you have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Right. Our works are important, but they're not where we get our worth. Right. I think that God did not make us to be saved by our works, but he saved us for good works. Right. Because faith without deeds is dead. So even thinking back to the garden when we were created. Right. It says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden, garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Right. Church, we were made to serve. We were made to serve God and we were made to serve each other. Right. And so another question that I want to ask is to your coworkers, to your friends, to your children, to your parents, to the people that you're reaching out to, is it obvious that you love to serve? Is it obvious that you love to do what you were created to do? And honestly, this is a really hard question for me to pose because for me, I don't think it is. I think that, sure, I can be willing. You know, there's there's a lot of needs in the campus ministry and uh, I think God has used me to, to meet some of those needs. But is my heart always in it to serve? Absolutely not. And I think even leading at, at my campus at SMC right now, it is not always evident to the people that I'm leading there or to the people on campus that I am totally willing to serve them. So being up here and asking you guys this question is kind of daunting because I don't always live up to it. But that doesn't change the fact that this is still the call that God has for us. Right? Even if we fall short, even if we're unable to do it all the time, this is still the call. Why? Because we're called to think of a greater purpose. We're called to think of a greater mission when we're serving. It doesn't just stop with us and the acts that we do. Especially in Jesus' ministry, he emphasizes heaven every single time he preaches about serving. Here are three examples, three different parables. Uh, You're probably familiar with most of them. Uh, In Matthew 20, there's the workers and the vineyards, right? The parable of them. There's the parable of the talents or the bags of gold. Uh, In Matthew 25, and there's the parable of the ten minas or the ten pounds, right? It's very similar to the talents. And we don't have time to go through all of them, but I do want to hit in one, just so we can kind of get what Jesus gets at when he preaches about serving, what he emphasizes So if you turn with me to Matthew 25, we'll start in verse 14. The Lord says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Right. Jesus right now is talking about the coming kingdom, not just the kingdom on earth. Right. Not just the the congregation, but the kingdom of heaven. He says that it's going to be like a man on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold and to another two bags and to another one each according to their own ability. Then he went on his journey. And the man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. And the man who received one bag went off and he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. Right? After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. 
You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. So what I really want to emphasize here is the structure of this teaching, right? Jesus outlines that there is a master, there is a servant, and there is a reward for our servitude, right? We won't get into the return and everything that we see later on in the story. But what I want to emphasize is that there is a reward for the works that we do on earth in heaven, right? And that's what Jesus emphasizes. He is always thinking and preaching about heaven when he talks about serving, right? Without fail. And so do we have this same mindset when we're serving people and it's hard, when we're serving people at work, in our community, right, in our schools, are we serving with the thought of heaven in mind, right? Are we thinking of that greater goal or are we just focused on the task here, right? Because honestly, for me, it does not come naturally to think about heaven. I think about, man, this is tough right now. Maybe I have to give somebody a ride and it's far away, right? Or maybe I have to serve somebody at work and it's inconvenient because I want to do something uh, that I'm supposed to be doing for, for my own work. Or maybe at school, I don't want to stay late to, you know, maybe make sure that the chairs are all put away. Like, I, I got to go to my next class. I don't want to do that. But when I think of someone who always has heaven in mind when they're serving, I think of this man right here. P.J. Smith. My roommate, one of my really good friends, my brothers. Uh, this is a picture of us at Yosemite. We went on a hike. Uh, and he was just amazed by this waterfall. Um, but I really want to lift P.J. up. Because P.J., he doesn't work uh, at, you know, some high-tech firm. He doesn't work at, you know, the, this really high-stakes job. But he works with people. Right? He works at a Starbucks. He, he quite literally serves people all day long. <laughs> right? And P.J. will come home from a long day at work. And he'll tell us, you know, about maybe some customer that was difficult or uh, that was you know, making a lot of requests needed to be served in a very special and, and, and intricate way. And what I'm always so grateful for is that without fail, PJ says, in that moment, all I could think about was, man, what would Jesus do? You know, how can I serve this person with love? How can I put all of my ego, all of my pride, all of my desire to retaliate, all of my desire to defend myself below them and serve them right so dude you have been so inspiring to our household to me to our campus i hope to our church and i just really want to lift you up because the work that you do every single day at starbucks as meaningless as it may be in the grand scheme of things it makes such an impact not only just with the church but the people that he serves right because when we have this mindset of heaven People notice that. And they think, man, something is so different about this person. What is it? For us, it's the love of Christ. We constantly need to be asking ourselves when we're serving, what does love require of me? Right? I think PJ does a fine job at this. So, church, I, I just want to give you a hand, PJ. You have done so much. Good work. But it's not always easy, right? We also hear about how it's hard to do that. 
It's not always uh, an easy task to serve, especially when we don't want to. So my next point, church, is that it is easier to receive and be poured into than to serve and to give to others. Right. And for me, I I think of my time in the campus ministry. Right. I think of moving here almost three years ago, uh, being a freshman and really being poured into by a lot of amazing disciples right here on the west side. Right. I think of uh, the leaders at that time, uh, Justin, Kenny and Val, right, our, our campus ministers who served us constantly. Right. Always made sure that our needs were met. I, I know that Justin was one of the first guys that I really ever opened up to in my life. And it was very much due in part to how much he was willing to serve me, how much he was willing to put my needs above his own. A lot of ways I kind of felt like this, right? <laughs> felt like a little baby. Quite literally, I was a baby. I think I was eight months old spiritually uh, when I moved here. So I was a baby disciple. I had no idea what I was doing. And I was constantly being poured into by our campus ministry, uh, not just the ministers, but also just different people in the campus, right? I think of uh, guys like Daniel Lopez and Josh Vasquez, right? Guys like Juan Barajas and Kenzie Bashara, right? Some of the sisters, I think of Nicole Sun, I think of Maria Chavez, right? I think of Ruet, Joseph, and I think, wow, like these people just poured into all of us underclassmen so much, right? When we were spitting up peas, right, everywhere and, and just making a mess of ourselves, they were willing to serve us, right? And they didn't really expect anything in return, right? They, there probably wasn't any profound advice that we could offer. We couldn't really relate to them because they were about to graduate. They were about to move on to this next life stage. We were just getting started, right? But in a lot of ways, instead of a bib, what they were wearing was an apron, right? Because the bib says, feed me, serve me, meet my needs. But the apron says, I'm going to serve you, right? The apron says, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to meet your needs. And I don't, re- I don't expect you to do anything in return, right? I know when my roommate Mark cooks for me, he doesn't say, hey man, here's some food. Now take my apron and go cook for me. He says, enjoy. And if there's anything else that I can get for you, please let me know. Right? Because that's the expectation with the apron. And I really like this analogy because I've even seen this kind of happen with myself in campus, right? I've seen myself go from having a bib on, which honestly I still kind of do because you can ask Ben. I, I still have a bib on. I still make a mess. But transitioning from lower classmen to upper classmen and the expectation being that the last two years, you know, being a freshman and a sophomore, I'm now going to try to emulate that, right? All the things that I've learned, I'm going to now serve the people that are coming into our campus, especially as a senior. I can feel this. And so for the last two years, having that apron on, honestly, has kind of been tiring, right? And I know for a lot of you, you can relate who have been in the church for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years, right? Constantly seeing new people come in and serving over and over again, Right? It can be kind of taxing. Even for the short time that I've done it, it can be a little bit taxing. And so I want to validate that. I want to say that it is hard to serve constantly. But that is the call for us, right? To mature in the faith, to pass it on, to carry the torch and pass it on eventually. Right? And so as we transition here to a time of communion... I really want us to reflect on wearing this apron every day. 
Why? Because that's exactly what Jesus did. And not only did he do it, but he did it first. He set the example of what it means to serve, right? He didn't come with the bib. He didn't say, I I need to be served. He literally said, like we went over, he did not come to be served, but to serve. There was no expectation of him ever receiving anything in return for his labor. We see this in the book of Acts, right? When God is appointing our times in history, he's marking our times in history, says that God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, right? The death, the persecution, the hardship, and just the emotional turmoil that God went through, that Jesus went through, that he described right before James and John made that request, right? He did with the chance that you would reach out and find him. There is no guarantee that any of us in this world ever find God. But he allows that. And what he did on the cross was that so that you could potentially reach out and do it. The ultimate act of service, the ultimate act of putting on the apron and never expecting anything in return. So church, we have to respond to this. Right. We have to be willing to put on the apron ourselves. And like we talked about at midweek, we have the slide here next week. Steve's going to go into a lot of practicals of how we can serve the church, how we can serve one another. But church, I earnestly urge you to this week, pray to talk to people in your life, to get a feeling of how you can serve both God and your community. Right. Because not only were we made to serve. But it's also a joy when we serve. Right. And so next week we'll have this gifts fair. There's a lot of different emojis. I have no idea what any of them mean. (laughs) But please just be thinking this week, how can I serve like PJ does so well with the love of Christ? Right. How can I emulate what Christ did? How can I serve with no expectation? So, church, I want us to be thinking of this, and as we transition to this time of communion, in your hearts, be grateful. In this time of Thanksgiving as well, be grateful for the sacrifice that Jesus made without any expectation in return. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.